Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. All right, come on, let's get a handout for everybody online to hear you guys at church today. We want to thank everybody that's here this morning. God bless you. Thank you for coming today. And everybody that's watching us online, uh, we really appreciate and want to honor your time today. But most importantly, we want to honor the Lord today. And we're so glad if if you are watching this morning and you guessed that song, uh, uh, who is singing that song, I'm going to send you a Starbucks card uh, today so you can go out and enjoy that. And uh, we want to thank you for tuning in today. Does somebody in the audience live know who that was? It's a layup. It's an easy one. Rolling Stones. Yes, very, very good. I can always count on my carnal friend, Tony, to get the right names of the songs there. Right, buddy? (laughs) Anyway, I want to thank our dear, dear brothers from uh, Lagonia Church of Dallas that are helping us broadcast this morning. We want to honor them. We sure appreciate the partnership and ministry that we have in that with them. And uh, just uh, love the fact that we get to do ministry together. Because this is a building that hosts or is a home to more than one church. And we love that. We love the fact that this building gets used all throughout the week. Right now by four different churches that we host here uh, on our church property. Isn't that wonderful? That that God's gospel is, is going out in different languages, every nation, every tongue. Uh, I even talked to a, a friend of mine who is a missionary to the Philippine Islands, and he said, uh, "Do you have any slots open on Sunday for a for a Tagalog-speaking Filipino church?" I said, "Man, our Sunday's kind of packed right now." He said, "What about Saturday?" I said, "Saturday, we could definitely work something out." And we want we want the gospel to be spread out of this place every day of the week. So we're very very thankful for that opportunity. So this is our last week of doing this series called Mixed Emotions, and that's kind of why I use that song today. You're not the only one with mixed emotions. Is it fair to say that the emotional state of our world is very, very mixed right now? This, this thing that came out in Texas this week with a little bit more stricter with the masks things. Now, you do know if you come live to Warehouse Church, we're not required to wear masks. It's only by the governor himself, and we have it, and we'll post it on our Facebook, strongly suggested but not required for churches. And I appreciate that because I don't want to police people coming in and out of our doors. I think that's a personal uh, conviction that they have that we want to honor, and we, we have no qualms with, with what you want to do because if we come this morning focusing on, it's just like back in the day when you used to get dressed up for church, Right? Saturday night, you get your suit out, you get your tie out, you get everything, and you wear your most dressy clothes, because when we were kids, we were taught we need to give God our best, and that really wasn't about our clothes. The truth is, that was about our hearts. So when we come this morning, we're not going to focus on the fact whether we did or didn't have to wear masks, and how we feel about that, and how we don't feel about that. What we want to focus on is Jesus Christ, because he's the author and finisher of our faith. He is who we're here to worship. So whether you do or don't have a mask on... God bless you and your little dog too, okay? We're all for you no matter what you want to do. So I want to tell you a little story. Um, When I was uh, 1983, I was uh, 16-ish years old, 15 years old. And it's going to be a sports story, so I know you're going to love this. 
my father took me and my two brothers and my sister all to a World Series game where the Philadelphia Phillies were playing the Baltimore Orioles. And it was, the, 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 the Orioles were leading the series three games to one, and the Phillies winded up losing that game. Well, earlier that year, I was working, and I bought myself a plastic batting helmet that I wore to the game. And I loved the plastic batting helmet because it had a little plastic thing inside that was adjustable. You could wear the hat, and even if it was hot outside, it has holes in it, and it wasn't snug to your head like a wool cap was, okay? So it was a really cool, really, really awesome thing. But I don't have that hat anymore. Because when the game was over, I was so mad that they lost the game, I took my hat, and I, like a typical Philadelphia fan would, okay, I took my hat and smashed it on the ground, because I was always taught that second place is the first loser, right? Which isn't fair, and it's wrong, and I overreacted, but here's what happened. I let my emotions get the best of me. It was okay to feel sad that they lost the game. It was okay to be frustrated that he probably paid more money for those tickets than he might, uh, might have should have for his whole family. But you know what I did? I overreacted. And I want to ask you that are online this morning and everybody's live with us today in the church building, how many of you have ever overreacted emotionally in any situation in your life? I'm expecting every hand in this auditorium and every hand online to come up too. Throw us some thumbs up in the feed if you're with me this morning, okay? So I want to talk to you about that, glorifying God with our emotions. Now, we said in the beginning of this series that God is a God of emotions. We were made in God's likeness. God loves. God is sad. God, is, God gets jealous. Uh, God gets angry. Jesus showed some anger when he was uh, in the temple courts. We see all these emotions that God displayed throughout Scripture. But the Bible tells us to be angry and sin not. The Bible tells us that we are supposed to have control over ourselves and not be controlled with foreign substances or foreign things, but be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. So how can we in our lives have all these emotions, right? And man, I'm telling you, I live in a house. I have four daughters. You all know that. Two of my daughters are pregnant. Somebody cries every day in my house, every single day. There's super-duper happiness. There's super-duper sadness. There's mega concern. What am I going to do? My second daughter, Katie, who led our worship this morning uh, in horizontal stripes, if you will, which, which to me breaks the law of all pregnancy code. Why would you wear horizontal stripes if you're pregnant? I don't know, but that's what you do. You know, it's her gig, right? So it's Katie's first baby. Unfortunately for Katie, when she's talking about pregnancy, her older sister, who's pretty tough and is going to have like a tub baby birth in the living room with it, with, uh, in a home birth thing, and her daughter that's younger than her, who's had two cesareans and she's strong like a gladiator, they're telling Katie about all the stuff that's going to happen when she's going to have a baby. And the other day, they were telling her different things that are going to happen. I won't get into the physicality of it because it was very, very, very specific and graphic and true. And I'm the only guy in the house. And I'm going, why are we talking about this, right? My son-in-laws are outside doing other things, and I'm stuck in the vortex of all this emotion. Katie, like Katie does, just starts crying. No, I don't want it to be like that. And she shuffled off and went and got a cupcake or something. I don't know what she did. But emotions, right? We experience emotions. And you can ask my daughters today if that's a true story, because they'll tell you it is. But I want to talk to you today about how we can control our emotions, 
And the first thing I want to submit to you is this. We can control our emotions by starting with and understanding our relationship with God. God's inspired word says in Matthew chapter 22, verse number 37, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your mind. I, I, I want you to understand something about your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. You're not just saved on Sunday when you go to church. It's, it's really the same for me and, and those of you that are married today. Um, there's never a time that I'm not married to my wife, Kim. On May 18th, 1985, we got married, and we've been married ever since. And I'm married to her when I'm not with her. I'm married to her as I'm standing here in front of you this morning. I'm married on Saturday night when I was out back cleaning up my yard. I'm married on Thursday afternoon when we had a little argument about something that I was very wrong about, and I'm still sorry, honey. Okay? But we're always married. And listen, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you entered into an eternal, unchanging relationship with him. The Bible says he's never going to leave you or forsake you. The Bible said he's going to be with us always, even until the end of the age. Jesus loves you, and he's never going to turn his back on you. Once you're a child of God, you are always a child of God. He doesn't change his mind. And the Bible tells us that God's not even slack or um, irresponsible concerning his promise. The promises that he makes to us are true, everlasting, and we believe that this morning. So when you understand that you have frustration in your life, which we're going to, we're going to have frustration, sadness, happiness, anger, all the emotions that we talked about over the past four or five weeks together. We have to look at them through the lenses of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm frustrated right now, but that's not my primary thought. I'm a child of God. And I've got to understand, as a child of God, even though I'm frustrated with things, I have to be careful not to let that become my dominant feeling in our lives. Because listen, your emotions are your emotions. Your feelings are your feelings. But we can't let our, dict we can't let our feelings dictate our actions. We have to let our relationship with Jesus dictate our actions. Whether we're happy, angry, sad, glad, Super duper happy, super whatever, whatever the emotion is that you're experiencing this morning. It all starts with your relationship with God. And I want to tell you something. I think it's a very, very healthy thing to surrender your emotions to God. God, this is getting me too much. Right? Ecclesiastes tells us there's a time for joy, there's a time for sadness, there's a time for singing, there's a time for all these different things that we experience in our life, right? And they're very, very real to us. But the, the, the principle of this matter is, is that God doesn't want you to walk through those difficult or even happy times alone. When there's joy in our life, we know that every good gift and perfect gift comes from above, the book of James tells us. When there's sadness in our lives, we understand that God's going to help us get through that even when we don't understand it, right? Like we talked about with Job last week. So we've got to make sure whatever emotional situation we're going through in our lives, start with your personal relationship with God. That's what prayer without ceasing means. That's what being submitted to God on a daily basis. That's what means presenting yourself, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your least you can do, reasonable service. It starts with God. Here's the second way that we can glorify God with our emotions. Watch and pray. Just be ready. Your emotions are going to hit you in your life sometimes. You know, 
I was talking to a friend of ours um, who I was talking to my brother. They live down near Houston. They have, they, uh, have a, a place on the coast down in Galveston. And one of the things that's, that's great, if I could say that great, about uh, hurricanes, right? They have to worry about hurricanes and hurricane insurance and this or that. The thing about hurricanes, you know about a hurricane a good week or even two weeks before they come. You got enough time to batten down the hatches, if you will, get off the island, drive inland a little bit, and, and get away from it. That's not true about tornadoes. Tornadoes just kind of happen, right? And everything goes crazy. And we lived through that when we lived in Missouri for a few years. And things are going to come at us sometimes when we're not even ready. Sickness, sadness, death, happiness, gladness, elation, right? Those things are all going to happen. Jesus said this in Mark chapter 14 and verse number 38. Watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And you know what Satan knows about you and knows about me? He knows my emotional status. He knows how I feel. He knows how I'm going to respond. He knows where I'm weak. He's not going to come at me with the same temptations or, 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 or the same situations, perhaps, that he's going to come at you with because you're different than me. But he knows where Ed's weak. So his strategy on attacking Ed is to get Ed Trinkle in a place where he's vulnerable because when I'm weak, when I'm sad, when I'm lonely, when there's despair, and when I'm going through things that Satan knows that I become, listen church, this is important, vulnerable, vulnerable. When I'm vulnerable, that's when the onslaught's gonna come. And, and you know the thing is Satan's not, we, talk, we say this all the time, I say it a lot, Satan doesn't use destruction in the same manner he uses distraction. Just kind of gets me, you know, and then it happens. Comes after me hard. Now I've got to be careful that I don't let my emotions overtake me because my spirit, even though it's what my spirit, I want to, I don't, listen, if you're going to ask me, I wish I could live the rest of my life without sin. How many of you wish you could not sin the rest of your whole life? How many of you wish you could never let anybody down starting from now for the rest of your life? That's not even possible. That's not even possible for us because we're human beings and God loves us anyway. But here's the thing, because Satan knows we're weak, he's going to wait. He's going to just kind of gnaw at you and hit you somewhere and discourage you quietly, covertly, so that when you do fall into temptation, boom, he's going to try to pounce on you. And we've got to make sure that we're not following, listen, our feelings or our emotions through that, right? Because if I'm letting my emotions be the foundation for my truth, that I'm not following the word of God or the way that God wants me to handle things, I'm going to make sure that, listen now, you ready? That the most important thing is how I feel. And I think it's fair to say in our country and in our world today, People are focused too much on their own personal feelings. This thing this week with, with Texas coming down on, on masks and stuff. I have had dozens of emails, text messages, and phone calls because everybody feels very different about it. And it's, it's honestly, it's very divisive. It, just as many folks in the warehouse church family, just as many folks, okay, 
that are frustrated by it and think it's a loss of rights and it's a guy some uh, my dear friend one of my dear friends said it's not even a constitutional thing in texas i've never read the texas constitution yet I will someday, okay? I've read the United States Constitution, but I've never read the Texas Constitution. It's against that. And, 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 and people are like, and you guys all hear it. Some of you may be in that corner too. But then there's other people who haven't even darkened the door of their front house walking out yet, right? And listen, we love everybody in that sphere. How you feel is how you feel, and you're not wrong for that. But here's the thing. We want everybody else to know how we feel so they can feel like us. And if people don't feel like us, then we're against them. Where is that coming from? Where's that coming from? That's not biblical. right? We have to respect and honor others' feelings because what's the most important thing? Whether you're on... I don't even want to say far left and far right because I feel I'll be offensive with that, right? Whether, no matter where you feel on that scale of emotions with all these things we're going on right now, the most important thing we have to feel is we have to, have to, have to use this to tell people about Jesus. Because whether you're super, super careful or super, super confident, whatever your thing is, this is a great, people are vulnerable and searching for truth and need Jesus, And we get wrapped up in all these things that don't matter. Well, I'll tell you how I feel. I'll tell you how I feel, you know. Bob Dylan sang that song in a terrible voice. How does it feel, right? We've got to be careful that the most important thing in our life is not us expressing our feelings, but expressing things that honor and glorify Jesus Christ. Watch and pray. Here's number three. Pray. Keep praying and get close. Keep praying and get close. James 4.8 says, Come near or draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. That's everybody. That's me and you. Purify your hearts. You ready for this? You double-minded. Then you know what the next verse says? A double-minded person is unstable in all of their ways. We're double-minded sometimes, aren't we? With our feelings. When we base things on how we feel, we're like, oh, well, I can understand this, and I can understand that, and I can, well, I don't want to make anybody mad. I don't want to be politically this and political. Doesn't it feel like there's just like a a lot of noise out there? I sent something out on my Instagram this week, and it said, dear God, and a bunch of letters, and then Jesus' name, amen, because I don't even know where to start and where to stop in my prayers sometimes anymore. Like, I watch the news. I'm like, dear Lord. You heard all that. Just please, whatever you got to do, do please. You know, it's just so much, and it's so overwhelming right now. James five sixteen. It says this. I love this verse. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. Pray for each other. How many of you need somebody praying for you? Raise your hand up in the air. My hands up. How many of you online need somebody praying for you? Give us a. We all need people praying for us. Because here's the thing about prayer. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It avails much, it says in the King James Version. It avails much. It's powerful and effective. Pray and get, listen. I'm going to give you a good thought this morning. This is going to make you feel very, very happy. You know in January when it's like 40 and 50 degrees in Texas? Doesn't that make you feel good just to think about that? Did you see what the weather's going to be like this week? There's like three or four different days. It's going to be 100. Officer Erica, I'm so glad that I'm not wearing 40 pounds worth of gear every day. I may, I, I may, be, I may even come to church next week in a sleeveless shirt like I do online with the gun show. 
okay, because guns are legal in Texas, okay? It's going to be hot this week. So let's think about January for a second. Your heater's off. Your air conditioner's off. Glory to God in the highest, right? And you go out, and a lot of people have these little fire pits. You guys have a fire pit in your back? I saw that tree that came down on your fire pit this week. You have a little fire pit outside, and you sit by that fire, and that fire just kind of warms you up when you're cold. And doesn't that feel really good? But if, if the fire's here, and you're way back over here, you're not getting any heat from that fire. So you know what you got to do to that fire? you got to get close to that fire for that fire to have an impact on your life. And the Bible says, draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Think about God. God's not a moving target. We're the moving targets. God is there, and he's waiting, and he desires to be a personal, close part of your life today. And it's not God that leaves us. It's kind of us that wander away and get away from the heat, and we got to get back to the heat of the Word of God and that personal relationship and daily prayer life with him. Stay close to God. He'll help you through these difficult emotional times and help you to express your emotions in a proper way. Here's the next thing, and I'm going to tell you something, church. I can't emphasize this point enough today. It's so significant. The best way to control your emotions is to think and to dwell on truth. Think and dwell on truth. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 4. And I love how this verse starts out. You know when you're talking to somebody and you go, I've got all these points I'm going to make, and finally, right, when somebody says, and finally, they're emphasizing not only that they're kind of landing the plane, Dave, they're landing the plane, to use your phrase, they're also telling you what I'm about to tell you right now is very significant, and it summarizes almost everything I've written in this letter is what Paul says. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, tell somebody near you they're your brother or sister. What's up, bro? What up, sister, right? Finally, brothers and sisters, you ready? Whatever is true, whatever's pretty bold, it's pretty, pretty broad, right? Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, ready for this? Think on these things. Whatever you have learned and received or heard from me, the Apostle Paul says, in this letter or in my lifestyle following Christ, you put that stuff into practice, and here's the result. Ready? One plus one equals? Somebody said three. Come on. That had to be a flatter. My flat earth guy said that. Well, just be broad enough to think about that so it's possibly real. One plus one is two. Stop. Okay, ready? Now, <laughs> whatever you've seen, and he says, put into practice. One plus one is two. What, if I think about things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, and follow somebody who's following Jesus like it says in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, the result of that, right, the summary of that statement is, and the God of peace will be with you. I need the God of peace in my life. I need him in my home. I need the God of peace in my marriage. I need the God of peace with my children and my grandchildren. I need the God of peace in my office, in our church. I need the God of peace in our sanctuary. I need the God of peace online with us this morning because there's too much noise out there. And we've got to think about things that are righteous and holy because you know what? There is true, unchanging truth. And you know what that is today, church? It's the Word of God. 
is the word of God. This is all we have. We can watch the news and go, ah! We can read this report or that report. I've got a crazy buddy in Philly that sends a friend of ours in our church the most wildest stuff you've ever read in your life with conspiracy theories, and it makes your head spin some of this stuff. That could really happen. And you, you look at that and go, you know what? I need something that's true. And I got, listen, I need this. I need this in my life. You need this in your life. Our world needs, we don't need Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Socialist, you fill in the blank. We need Jesus Christ. And we need this book to guide the steps we're taking in our lives today. We've got to think on truth. Because here's the thing about truth. Truth is not negotiable. Truth isn't based on feelings. And truth doesn't change. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Boom. It's truth. Unchanging. Jesus Christ, the gospel message of Jesus Christ is that he lived a perfect life for 33 years. He died on the cross of Calvary so that you and I can have forgiveness of sins. He rose again from the grave three days later so that we can have an eternal relationship with him in heaven. Boom. That's an unchanging truth. Revelation says that Jesus is coming again. I kind of feel like Monday is like Revelation kind of chapter 23. I mean, it's all kind of happening. Oh, man, this is happening. This is all happening. This is real-time stuff right now. And Jesus says it in Revelation chapter 20, verse number 15, that whoever's not found written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. That's not negotiable. That's truth. In Revelation chapter 21, he says, I'm going to wipe away all of your tears. Why are we going to have tears in our eyes? Because we know people who Revelation chapter 20, 15 is going to affect and we're going to live with him forever and ever and ever and ever where the lion lays down with the lamb. It doesn't say dogs or cats, though, in heaven. So I just want you to be preparing for that, those of you that are dogs or cats lovers, okay? You may disagree with that. We'll find out someday together. But I know this. Truth doesn't change. Guess what changes? You ready? Da-da! We do. I'm 53 years old. I'm not the same person at 53 as I was when I was 33, and my wife's going, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. I'm not the same person I was at 43. I'm not the same person. I've changed. A lot of areas for the good. A lot of areas I still need improvement. Don't say amen again, honey. Think on truth. And here's the other thing. Choose your action. Choose your action and control your reaction. Psalm 34, 14, it says, Turn from evil. And this is what true repentance means, actually. Turn from evil. If you're confronted by evil, oh, it's bad. Turn from it and do good. Don't do that. Do this. Choose the right thing, the Bible says. Seek peace and pursue it. Proverbs 4.23 says, wow, this is a great verse. Kim and I talked about this this Wednesday, last past Wednesday night. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart. God created us to feel. Having feelings isn't wrong. It's not. He may have felt that that was too loud. It's okay. God created us to feel. But he wants us to guard our hearts and guard our emotions. 
We can't react like everybody. Listen, if everybody else is getting mad about something, that doesn't mean you have to get mad about it too. My dad used to tell me when I was little, he kind of, even now he says the same thing to me when I talk to him. I remember one time we were going out and doing something. I was going over to one of my friend's house or, you know, and my dad kind of gave me the, if you do anything wrong, I'm going to kill you speech. Does anybody ever get one of those from their parents, right? My dad said to me, your name is Edward Martin Trinkle Jr. I said, dad, I'm very aware of that. It's a very, very hard name to get on one line, especially when you, when you have to spell out the word junior, right? But he said, whenever you go somewhere and people say that Edward Martin Trinkle did something, you are a reflection of me. Your burden of your life is everywhere you go, everything you do, people are going to think it's me. Now that turns a little, that's the same with my son-in-law, Johnny. Johnny's dad, his name is John. And there's been some things that Johnny has said and that his dad, John, has said. Was that Johnny or John? Because, Because they're not really familiar with both people. They think it's one or the other or both. And the same thing is true with my father and myself. But here's, here's the point I'm trying to make with you. When you react in a way that doesn't honor the one whose name you bear, we bear the name of Jesus. He's the author. If, you have, if you're a believer today, he's the author and finisher of your faith. He's your provider, Jehovah Jireh. He's your king of kings and lord of lords. And whether we agree or disagree or get super political or not political or get super activists or non-activists or get super frustrated or not frustrated, we have to be very, very careful because the things that we say in our lives as a follower of Jesus Christ reflect the type of relationship and the king that we follow. And we've got to be very, very careful that we're not reacting in a way. Listen, you're going to feel the way that you feel. I'm mad about some stuff. How many of you are mad about some stuff right now? Raise your hand. I'm mad about some stuff right now. I'm mad that pro sports hasn't started yet. There's nothing else on Netflix that I want to watch. I need some sports. I have issues. I know that. I'm mad about some stuff right now that are significant too. But I can't let that emotion get in the way of me being an encouragement and a blessing to people that need Jesus Christ. Because if I'm all, oh, yeah, yeah, if, I'm, if I'm spewing a lot of noise and a lot of hate and a lot of anger and a lot of frustration, you know what? People are going to come to me for truth because they're going to think I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And we have to be careful to guard ourselves in the same way. Above all else, guard your heart. Guard your reaction on Facebook and on social media. Guard your reaction to people you agree or disagree with. It's okay. It's okay if you don't agree with somebody. You don't have to hate them or defriend them. That's, that's, like, the, that's like anathema, right? That's like sending somebody into purgatory. Oh, yeah? Well, you know what? Because of what you said on Facebook, boom, unfriended. Oh, you know? Man, come on. We're better than that. Aren't you? Hey, aren't you glad that Jesus doesn't unfriend us? Because I've said some stuff that's probably ticked him off, and I guarantee you have too. God created us to feel, but he wants to guard our hearts and protect our emotions in response. So let's pray that God would use us to, to show compassion. And listen, not just to people you agree with. Don't show compassion to some. If you're a Second Amendment, you know, stauncher, don't just look for Second Amendment people that you can gather. Oh, yeah, Second Amendment, Second Amendment, Second Amendment. Show some people that you disagree with that you love them. 
because that is exactly what Jesus Christ did for you and me. Father, we love you today. And we thank you for our Lord Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, if there's a friend that's watching or live with us today in our building that doesn't have a relationship with you, Jesus, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. Help them understand that they could be forgiven, washed, renewed, and have a personal relationship with you today by calling on the name of the Lord and being saved. Father, I pray for believers all over the place today, Lord, that you would help us to guard our hearts, like it says in Proverbs, to guard our tongue, to guard our typing fingers, to to, to guard the way that we respond to all the craziness that's in our world today. Help our response be that, that we're drawing people to Jesus Christ. What side are you on this morning? I'm on Jesus' side. That's what we need to be telling people. And get all that distraction. Just put it all behind, Lord, and focus on what's important. Today, dear friend, as your head's bowed and your eyes closed, and maybe today you're with us and you've never entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Never prayed, asked him to forgive you. Never asked him to be your Lord and Savior. You could do that right now in this auditorium, right now in your living room or in your kitchen or wherever you are today. If the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The Bible tells us if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will, not maybe, not perhaps, not you're probably going to be, you will be saved. If that's something that you believe that you need to do in your life today, can I invite you to pray with me right where you're sitting? You don't have to pray out loud. God knows every thought and every intent of your heart. Just pray with me this morning and ask Jesus Christ to forgive you and to save you. And it goes like this. Just repeat these words to God, not to me, and ask Jesus to save you. Say this. Say, Dear Father in heaven. Just say that in your heart this morning. Dear Father in heaven, I know that I'm a sinner. Would you please forgive me of my sin and come into my life and save me? Thank you for loving me. Thank you for paying for my sin. And thank you that I will live with you forever because I'm putting my faith and trust in you today. In Jesus' name I pray. And with your heads bowed and eyes closed, if anybody with us this morning, pray with me and invite Christ to come into their hearts. I just want to thank God for that decision that you made today. I don't want to embarrass you and nobody else is looking around. But if you're live with us this morning in the auditorium, you prayed that prayer with me, just lift up your hand real quick. And we'll just sing a a hallelujah to what God's done in your life today. If you're online today and you prayed with me this morning, would you please shoot me a personal email? And I will answer that email today. Pastor at warehousechurch.com. And say, Ed, I prayed and received Christ this morning. Or I just, I prayed with you today is all you need to write. And I'll respond to you and we can engage today and have a little conversation online. Father, as we close in prayer this morning, thank you for being with us. Thank you for meeting with us. Thank you for who you are in our lives. Help us to control our emotions and may the things that we say honor and glorify you this week. We ask you this in Jesus' name and everybody say it with me. Amen. Online, if you're watching still, give us a little amen shout out today. We want to thank everybody that's watching today. So many, so many people, people that we're praying for that that are actually waiting for tests to come back because they were tested for COVID this week. Some families that are out of town because it's July 4th weekend. Uh, If you're wondering if we're going to be meeting live next week, the answer is yes. We're going to be here next week at 10 o'clock. If you're in town, 
we would invite you to come back to be here with us. But if you're not able to be in our service live, that's okay. We love you. And we want to still minister to you. We will be online at 10 o'clock for our church service this week. And we'd love for you to be a part of that experience with us. Uh, Let us know if there are things we can be praying about with you. And church, I want to thank you so much. As Johnny said earlier, for your faithfulness and your giving. Boy, church, we are, your, your giving is a lifeline literally keeping us going week to week. And without the whole church body taking care of the needs of our ministry, we can't do what we do. We just can't. Everything we do needs your help. And we want you to be a part of that. So we're just praying that God will do something special in your life. Please go on our website today at warehousechurch.com and uh, send in your tithes and your offerings to that. We appreciate it. If you're a guest with us today, that's not why we wanted you to watch. But if God puts something on your heart to do, just obey him and he'll bless you for it. But if you're with us in the auditorium this morning, you can use our honor boxes in the back of the room on your way out today. We just want to say thank you. Happy birthday, United States of America. We're so blessed to be Americans, to be able to worship God in truth today. It's one of our rights as Americans that we cannot take lightly because it's not that way in the rest of the world. So we thank you so much for being part of our service today. Look forward to seeing you tonight online with Kim and I at 6 o'clock. Check in with us, and we're going to talk about our day in this week's verse of the week. Thanks for tuning in today. God bless you. Have a super-duper day.